0: Combining fasting with prayer makes a difference. Sometimes it makes a very big difference. And whenever the new year is about to roll around, there I am in front of the church saying, hey, let's all go hungry for three weeks. Well, as you might imagine, it is not met with shouts of joy and enthusiasm. In fact, I can see those people turning their eyes away like she's not looking at me, is she? I even once told my daughter Bethany I'm not even sure I should I should lead a corporate fast. Every year I feel like I am dragging people into it kicking and screaming. Mom, she said, I wish someone at our church would drag us kicking and screaming into a fast. You know what? That's what I needed to hear. So the fasts have gone on, some longer, some shorter, some with clear answers, others not so much. Well, we finished our 21-day fast for 2022 about a month ago. It was a very unique year, and I'm going to tell you all about it coming right up in today's episode of Storming the Gates. Welcome to Storming the Gates, a podcast that celebrates the power of prayer. You will be inspired, equipped, and find strength for every battle you face. Hello and welcome to Storming the Gates, the podcast that celebrates the power of prayer. And I am your host, Joni Scott. I want to start by apologizing to my regular listeners for taking so doggone long to post a new episode. Well, it's because it's been both a heartbreaking and a joyous season here in the Scott household. And I'm going to be clarifying a bit of that shortly. Now, in my previous episode, I shared a bit of my fasting journey, And I'm going to start by encouraging you to give that episode a listen. But to recap, through the years, the Lord has directed me and my husband to do extended fast at the beginning of each year. It started with just a few days, and it slowly grew to seven and then to 21, uh, even 40 at times. But mostly, it's been a 21-day fast. Now, some of those were intense, water-only fast, and some were more manageable, like a Daniel you know, no meats, no sweets fast. And most of the time what we've done is a liquid fast where we even drink healthy smoothies and juices and coffee. Hello. The good Lord knows I need my coffee for survival. Well, this year, the what's, why's, and how's of fasting were different from any previous year. I'd asked God what I should expect in 2022, and he had replied, the waves are coming. Well, sure enough, First, that new Omicron variant of COVID began attacking just about everyone in our church. And I had to take this before the Lord, as it was clear, the battle is on, even before we began. And how could we encourage a fast when people were home with fevers, coughs, sinus issues? Who would even consider fasting? But as I prayed, God seemed to say, no, it's important. Do this fast. And everyone can do something, even if it's very small, because all the small things will add up. And I did sense that this particular fast would be significant in some way, and that it was necessary. Now, secondly, we have become familiar with Satan's reign of terror on our appliances each year when we fast. In fact, we joke about the demon of appliance breakdown and such things during a fast. Oh yeah, we've had a lot of appliances break down during a fast. But this year, the attacks were emotional and personal. Just as we're entering the fast, a number of serious family needs erupted. In fact, each day leading up to the fast, we felt like we had been sucker punched anew each day. The news we were hearing, the things that were going on in our church, in our friend's life, in our family's life, and we were in emotional pain as a friend died, sickness prevailed, marriages around us floundered, Well, and then finally, in previous years, our church grew in attendance and enthusiasm during the fast and just after. Uh, That was not to be this year. In fact, just as I feared when we began, the virus's malicious path through our congregation caused most of them to stay home. And then, when even the church staff came down with the virus, Wednesday night services were canceled. Well, that was another sucker punch to the gut because Wednesday services are the time that we spend praying and seeking God during a fast. And that's where we find encouragement among one another and strength to keep going. And besides all that, the 21-day prayer and fasting journal designed for the church languished in Amazon's in-review category. Soon it was obvious the journal would not be ready in time. That was another blow to this year's fast. Well, I did make the PDF link available, and I had a Facebook group where I faithfully posted the day's verse and journal prompt. But, you know, it's not the same as a physical writing tool. And just on a little side note, something to keep in mind when you're fasting, that you have to be open to God's direction. He might change what and how you fast. He may turn your attention to something you didn't expect. He may shorten that fast. He might lengthen your fast. I want to remind you that success is not determined by the extent of your tenacious grit to cross the finish line. It's really counted by your obedience to his call. One gal said she was like working so hard to not eat. And God spoke to her and said, no, I want you to eat. And that was hard for her. Um, but she ate and spent more time with God. And she said it was really powerful. So that was, that was really neat to hear. And on top of all of that, the month of January was terribly, terribly cold. Here in the north, the temperatures each morning as I headed out the door to work were well below zero. And it was dark. The sun hid behind thick gray clouds. We only get sun a few hours here in the north, even on our best days. But there was none. I drove my bus along Lake Superior's shoreline and wind's gusts just flew across the icy surface and slammed into my bus, just like the waves God had told me were coming. The snow and the high winds produced very low visibility, and my lack of road vision began to really match my vision for what God was doing. It all seemed cloudy, difficult, challenging to get through. Well, my husband, bless that man's heart, was one of the masses sick with COVID when the fast began. But, Thankfully, he is a diehard. I'm pasty no matter what, he declared. (laughs) Okay, I said, but I'm concerned for his health. Let's eat soups instead of having smoothies. Well, Charlie did. He ate as much soup as he wanted until he felt better. And then he joined me in eating one bowl of soup a day. So that's what we did instead of drinking smoothies. We had one bowl of soup a day. And then because there's so much sickness going on, we decided to take communion each day. That was a new addition but it felt really important and good to uh, make sure that we were devoting ourselves to remembering the Lord and praying for those who are sick. And thus, we went through those 21 days. I kept driving my school bus in the negative 20 weather, and Charlie returned to work after 10 days off. Well, a few days into the fast, my ex-husband, whose name is Bill, his wife called and asked my husband, who's a nurse, what her opinion was on treatment, like what would be best for him. Because Bill was rapidly growing worse. And then he got even worse. Fearing where it was going to go, Charlie and I took my youngest son to visit his dad. Uh, He lives just a few hours south of us. We had all recently overcame COVID and Bill had it long enough to no longer really be considered contagious. The truth was that turned out to be a surprisingly good visit. My ex-husband, Bill, was welcoming and friendly despite his weakened state, and it was actually an enjoyable and meaningful visit. There had been quite a few years of animosity, but they've slowly dissolved to a point where I can honestly say Bill and his wife Petunia are friends, and that alone was a true gift from God in those long, cold days. After that visit, though, Bill's health rapidly declined. He was taken by emergency ambulance out of state to a hospital with the facilities to handle his many life threatening symptoms. And then the thing we all wanted to avoid happened. He was placed on a ventilator. And now I did cry. That fast seemed as useful as a pebble against a great giant. Oh, wait, haven't I heard of that somewhere before? Anyway, yet it seemed whenever I took refuge in my prayer closet, God poured encouragement on my soul. I wrote down a few of the verses I ran across and used as prayers. O Lord, Thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. That's from Psalm 30, verses 3 through 5. The sickness is not unto death. John eleven four. For he hath not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, neither hath he hid his face from him. But when he cried to him, he heard. Psalm twenty-two, twenty-four. One of my daughters started a prayer chat on Facebook, which became a spiritual lifeline as many of Bill's friends, family, church people he knew from his past began following Bill's progress or the lack thereof. And we shared encouraging verses in prayer. But to be honest in the natural, hope was fading as fast as Bill. At the same time, my son, who lives in El Salvador, asked us to do a video chat with uh, me, Charlie, and his adorable El Salvadorian girlfriend, Gabriela, or Gabriella, Gabby. Well, they told us that Gabby was having pain, cramping, and other symptoms that were a real source of concern, especially since both her grandmother and mother had once dealt with ovarian cancer. Gabby was scheduled to see a doctor in the upcoming week, and that was hard to hear hoping and praying for the best. We assured them we love them and we're going to keep praying. Well, soon we heard the test results and they confirmed the worst. Cancerous cells and a large tumor were lodged within her. The doctors would soon be operating and giving her various treatments. Our hearts were broken. I hurt for my son and his feisty girlfriend in far off El Salvador. Well, now more verses needed to join me in prayer. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. It would, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. From Matthew 9, 20 through 22. And one of my prayer cards boldly stated, with God, all things are possible. Matthew 19, 22. I wrote that verse down and I reminded God of this as often as I sat before him in prayer. And then almost daily, I'd be asking God just for a special verse for that day. And one day, my eyes fell on that prayer card after I prayed that. Then I opened my journal, and it landed in the exact spot where I'd written that verse. Yet, I figured, God's already given me that verse. I want a new one, God. That particular day, I was unthinkingly reading in Matthew 19, just randomly going through the book of Matthew, and there, like a firework igniting and making the sky glow red, It said, with God, all things are possible. (laughs) It hit me like a bolt from the sky. All right, Lord. I had to admit that was God's aversa du jour. (laughs) Turned out to kind of be my verse of the fast. Well, with three major issues on my mind, and I can't tell you wave three because that's kind of a private matter. But I was overwhelmed and I asked God which one he was going to address, right? Like which one am I supposed to be praying for? Well, that very day, as I was in Matthew, I read the verse that says, "He healed them all." That's from Matthew 12:15. As I read it, I felt like I had a revelation of God's overflowing love for his children that he wants to heal us all. He singles out no one for special treatment. The Bible says, "As many as touched Jesus were made perfectly whole." Matthew 14:36. You know, I really have found that during a fast, God's Word comes alive like at no other time. And that was pretty much true this year as well, except the desperate sadness and family needs kept encroaching on my faith, faith. (laughs) and I felt more like I was clinging to a shard of wood among the roaring sea than flying above Earth's weight with fresh revelation. Each morning, I left my prayer room encouraged and full of faith, only to read my text messages, which kept bringing more bad news. I struggled to maintain the assurance I felt mere moments before. But honestly, at times I felt distraught and even contemplated taking off work. My kids needed me, I reasoned. They would need help planning their dad's funeral. But God would interrupt my thoughts. No, by faith, you will keep working. He will not die, but live. You will work as the evidence you believe that. God also gave me Second Corinthians two seven. We walk by faith, not by sight. Well, I tried to keep the promises I received in the prayer room in my heart, even when I was outside the prayer room. But i got to tell you, it was an intense battle to do so. And when I was driving my bus and the phone was blowing up with the scourging text, and I'm trying not to look at them, but when I had a chance, I would. And then I'd be thinking about it as I dropped the kids off. And a couple times I drove past their stops because I was lost in thought, concerned about the outcome. I circled back to bring the kids home as God prodded me forward and the fast dragged on. I want to add, honestly, if people relied only on Charlie and me's prayers for answers, they'd be in trouble, I think. And, well, we certainly played a role that God gave us. We were nowhere near the only ones deeply burdened and praying for these people. It was obvious God was touching touching many, many hearts to join in prayer for his suffering children. But I longed to escape those months, that month of darkness and emotional pain. You know what? I wasn't even hungry like I normally am because, you know, I, I was, you know, a little bit distraught, but I did want to go on an emotional eating binge. Because of the fast, I was forced to take such thoughts captive and choose to believe, despite the lack of evidence, that God was hearing the fast. Twenty-one days felt like twenty-one months, <laughs> but at last the fast came to an end. It ended on Wednesday, February second, twenty twenty-two. Two 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 two. Well, that felt significant. I related it to Isaiah twenty-two twenty-two. So he shall open, and no one shall shut, and he shall shut, and no one shall open. Despite the prayer, nothing had changed. In fact, some things seemed to have gotten worse. I chose to believe God was about to open some doors that appeared to be completely shut. Well, thankfully, at least the sickness among the church people had died down, and the last day of the fast, we were able to hold a small communion service, And I'm usually well prepared for leading that service, but that night I was not. I'd hoped for a fresh revelation. I'd hoped for a miraculous healing story, but it almost seemed like I'd led the church down a wild goose chase. Until the moment I stood up front with Charlie, I had no idea what direction we were going to go. Yet God was faithful. We discussed and we prayed the Lord's Prayer, and that was all based on the journal prompts from that PDF file I told you about earlier. And I do want you to stick around because I'm going to tell you a little more about that journal because it is available now. If you're interested in fasting, it's a good place to start. Anyhow, I closed the service by thanking God for the prayers he had answered and the prayers he was about to answer. I was encouraged, as many people told me, that they'd gotten a lot out of the fast and they really enjoyed that last service. Well, that's it. I thought that night, as I enjoyed pizza and dessert with my husband, the fast is over. The pizza tastes good. But nothing's changed. Nothing I can see. And so I had to choose to be content knowing that God hears and answers. I was thankful Bill was still alive. I was thankful the family with the private difficulties was doing a lot better. And I was thankful that Gabby would soon be receiving surgery for the tumor. The next morning, I drove my bus up the Long Country Road for the first time in these long months, the sky grew brilliant with morning light as the sun rose. It was a combination of clouds dissipating and seasons changing, but it felt to me like God was saying he was rising to deliver. Well, like any modern woman, I snapped a photo for my Instagram feed, of course, before picking up a student and heading back to town for the rest of my kids. On the drive home, the Lord begin to really give me uh, a teaching about the authority of the believer. Something I've often prayed about is the authority of the believer, and I can't say I understand it. But that morning, I had an overflow of revelation, and I saw that we humans take God at his word, and then sometimes we have to fight. But the enemy is doomed to fail if God has spoken it. Part of God's word is his rhema, or his spoken word for today. And then right then I heard him say the congruency of his written word, which is the logos and his rhema or spoken word enables us to take the authority given and wage war. The victory will be ours. And I also sense that Satan doesn't want us to understand this. He fights against us believing or trusting God to keep his word. And I want to be honest, when I get home, I had to look up the word congruency. And what it means is to agree, align, and to be in harmony together. When the Lord's written word agrees with what the Spirit is whispering to your soul, that's when you know God's it's God's will to enter the prayer battlefield with us until victory is obtained. It was so clear. It was such a whoa moment. I told the Lord, well, if that's all this fast did was equip me with this truth, then that fast was worth it. Well, that very day, for the first time in the long, scary weeks of prayer for Bill, we heard good news. The pneumonia had dissipated slightly, and his organs were beginning to function better. As my kids and I celebrated this small but important change in Bill, my son Luke dropped a photo with two x-rays into our Facebook group. Praying for Dad today, he wrote, and wanted to share this as another sign of miraculous healing. What? I looked at the x-rays. I wasn't sure what he was saying or what I was seeing before his next message popped up. Gabby had her first operation today, burning the cells. The doctor also performed another ultrasound to verify the tumor once again. As 10 years ago, she cut into a patient to discover there was no tumor. Today, for the first time in 10 years, second ever for the doctor, the tumor has disappeared and the ovary looks very healthy. I was astounded. I began to weep. During the fast while I was praying, worrying, clinging to God's word, he was at work. And then Luke went on. Image on the left is the tumor, completely blocking the ovary you see on the right, which has a perfectly black circle. Well, now I could see it. It was obvious and and amazing. It was a real miracle. And he explained there would be another doctor appointment to confirm the tumor was gone, but he said, The doctor here has no idea what has happened, and everyone is in disbelief. A few days later, doctor number two searched diligently, but found no tumor. And in those days, Bill continued to improve. And we were so hopeful, because Gabby no longer required surgery, my son was able to come up to see his dad, who was just beginning to make the process of being weaned off of the vent. So we were rejoicing. We were excited with God's miraculous deliveries. Except... As I was packing my truck to head to the hospital where his dad is, new messages came through. More blood clots, new bacterial pneumonia, blood pressure rising. And our mood turned as gray as the snow bearing clouds that were moving in. As I record this today, it's two twenty two twenty two. It's Tuesday. Much like the two two 22 day ten days ago when our fast ended. Bill is still alive, but he needs a miracle. And we're gonna keep praying for that miracle. Gabby is well, family otherwise as well. So we pray for a miracle, even as we leave it in the hands of God. My pastor says things happen when you fast, it would not happen if you didn't fast. A fast is not a guarantee, it's an act of faith. I know that things have happened because of the fast that would not have otherwise. And the church is full again perhaps something was averted, an unknown danger. No one can know for sure, but I'm certain that in the provision of God, he utilized the fast to bring about changes. He used many things. I guess the word congruency would work here as well. He used doctors and x-rays, medicine, foods. He used people praying together over Facebook and in private. He used a determined woman named Petunia who tenaciously fought in prayer for her husband's health And he also used a powerful form of prayer called fasting. One of Petunia's recent messages to our prayer group emphasized this. Petunia wrote, I'm in Bill's room. His vitals look very good, even surprisingly good to the nurses and doctors. You prayer warriors and God together have brought about as perfect a scenario as I could hope for. You all are really moving invisible mountains, and I am in awe. We still wait we still pray. We are thankful for Gabby's incredible healing. Although the current situation does not look promising for Bill, I've seen the hand of God at work. And I would gladly endure those 21 cold, dark days again to see medical miracles and deliverances for people. And I am certain of this, that even when it seems nothing is happening, God is happening. I wanted to share that story with you today because I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that fasting is hard, but it's good. And, uh, and I just pray, I pray that if there's something that really needs a breakthrough in your life, that you will find it within you to call out to God for that strength to fast. You can start super simple. Give up sugar in your coffee. You can do that, right? Of coffee that's a little harder but you know the sugar in the coffee (laughs) um you can do it there can be a breakthrough and uh, i do have a little journal available it's called 21 days with our father it is available on amazon by joni scott i'll provide the link in the show notes below may the lord be with you and grant you strength and courage and empower you to serve him through fasting and prayer In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you once again for listening to Storming the Gates. Be sure to visit our website at stormingthegates.net. While there, sign up for the newsletter and you'll receive free prayer cards and a Bible study for each episode. Check the show notes for links to items mentioned in today's show. We'll see you here again for the next episode of Storming the Gates, a podcast that celebrates the power of prayer.